Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Delusions of Dusty Nostrils, the mobile hiking edition. I used to call a buddy of mine, Brandon, in Illinois when I first moved out here, and I would always call him when I was hiking, and he'd go, you're hiking, right? I'm like, yep. He goes, dude, the sound on a video game I used to play mimics walking out in the desert, hiking out in the desert perfectly. Some game where he was hunting ducks or something, he had to walk around in the desert. And I basically confirmed what it really, really sounds like to him. How you guys doing? Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I always look to see how many listeners there are, and I'm always shocked that, that there's 10 every time. So, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I've worked for a couple days this week. That's interesting. Um, so, driving my boss around again, driving around a fancy German sedan. Cannot wait to have some money one day. And I'm going to have some money one day. And then there, I will turn my back on American cars and say, never again, my friend, never again. I mean, I cannot complain about my Ford Fiesta. My 2012 Ford Fiesta has 137,000 miles. It's time to replace the tires again. So that'll be two sets of tires. That's nothing. I've replaced the uh, coolant. Uh, I just now changed the uh, transmission fluid. I'm supposed to do that like at 100,000 miles. My little car does not have a uh, dipstick to check the transmission fluid. Um, it's just like I'm not a mechanic, so I'm not going to try to explain what it is because I don't know what it is. I'm not mechanically inclined. But um, at 100,000 miles, you just have them drain it and put new transmission fluid in because the car has a dual dry clutch gearbox. Yeah, it sounds like fancy like an Audi. I don't know why Ford put that into a compact, a $22,000 car, but they did. Oh yeah, someone ripped on me one day because I spent $22,000 on the Ford Fiesta because you can buy the bottom basement one at $16,000. I'm like, dude, isn't it enough that I'm six foot one and I'm in a little Ford Fiesta? I can't class it up a little bit and have the SEL with the rims instead of the hubcaps? Come on, man. That's for my peace of mind. So I can feel good about myself when I drive down the road. Yeah, but I love my little, uh, I said that like John Little. Yeah, yeah, he likes his Fiesta. He could drive whatever he, he could drive whatever he wants. I listen to too much Danish and O'Neill, guys. Uh, what else have I done to that car? Oh yeah, I've just now changed the, uh, I changed. I paid to have it changed. I have new timing belts and they cleaned the torque converter and did some kind of like, not maintenance on it, but did some kind of cleaning to it. So that's great. Uh, car runs great, new spark plugs. That's it. The car's never had any, it's never, nothing's ever, I've never went out there to start the car and it not start. Oh yeah, I did replace the battery once, but I replaced it before it ever failed me. So anyway, no complaints on the Ford Fiesta, but when I have money, I will turn my back forever on American cars because driving that German sedan, I haven't driven it for five months. Holy shit, that's a big old heavy car. What it is, it's an old, um, it's an old 750 Li BMW. Damn, that bitch is heavy, but it's fast as can be. She has 480 horsepower. I've never stomped on it because it's not mine. And to be quite honest with you, even if it was mine, I'd probably never stomp on it. I've always had usually had piece of shit cars and I was always concerned they would break down and I wouldn't have the money to fix them so I net I 
there isn't there has not been a time in my life as of yet to where I felt comfortable just punching a car I'm always worried about oh gosh if I squeal the tires that's just sooner I'll have to replace the tires uh, if I gun it maybe I'll break something so yeah so yeah I've never stomped on it but you can tell it's fast I mean it's a 4.4 uh, liter V8 with a twin turbo and even though that big sedan's heavy as hell she'll get up and go sometimes I put it in sport mode just to have a little fun and to feel that suspension tighten up. Anyway, yeah, one day I will turn my back on American cars and I won't apologize for it because I like a nice German sedan. It'll match my uh, German and English heritage. And I want a Jaguar one day. I want that F-Type. I don't care what year. Somewhere above a 2016, I want that Jaguar F-Type R. I have a little racy, racy version. And I don't want shiny rims. I want some gray, like, not pewter. Anyway, who cares? They're just cars. But yeah, it's nice to be back working again. So I've been driving around Los Angeles. And I just finished Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 10. And I like this cool newsstand where uh, Larry David and Vince Vaughn's character. Um, have you guys seen... Uh, the latest curb, this the newest season. Um, what's his name? Leon. Leon and Larry invented a little service where um, they'll relieve guys that work at like a toll booth or work at a newsstand and they can't get away from their post. It's like a little app where they'll give you a little pee break. So that's kind of a spoiler alert. <laughs> that's kind of the gist there. Well, there's this newsstand and I thought, it looks like the newsstand in Woodland Hills. But I don't think Curb Your Enthusiasm films in Woodland Hills. I think they film in Santa Monica and, I don't know, maybe Beverly Hills or something. But um, that's not Woodland Hills, is it? Even I know that, and I'm terrible at directions. But the newsstand's the same. Perhaps it's a chain or whatever. Anyway, there's this newsstand off Ventura Boulevard. And I meant to go back today, but I got gas and forgot. Anyway, I, next time, next week, I'll go to Woodland Hills again and I'll investigate a little further. Plus, I want to buy a periodical. I want to see if I can get a foreign affairs magazine. I used to subscribe to foreign affairs just to check and see what the elite are talking about. So that's what I meant to do today. I'll do it next week. But so I running around today in Woodland Hills and I drove by that newsstand again and I had errands to run and I thought I would come back. And I kept thinking, man, is that the newsstand where Larry David and Vince Vaughn were at? And I'm not sure. I guess I could do a Google search, find out, or I could ask the guy that works there. And I guess maybe we'll figure it out from there. Hope you guys are well. Boy, it's fun to have a little routine again. I'm out on a nice, nice little hike after work. Boy, for me, man, a little routine. And a little structure really did clean the life up a little bit. Just have less time to worry about nonsense. And it kind of makes me get up and go and get my podcast in. and Or the ones I listen to. Get my podcast in. Get my books read. Get my exercise in before it's time to go to bed. Oh, and I also found a very thank you to uh, my new friend Max. Max is a very funny comic. Max told me uh, there was a must listen to two episodes. Uh, episode 46, A and B are part one and two, tomato, tomato. 
of the uh, Let's Talk About Sets, S-E-T-S, Let's Talk About Sets podcast, where uh, comics break down the craft of stand-up comedy. They talk about sets. The newest thing I learned, which, you know, I've never been to comedy school. I'm just on the fly trying to figure this out. Um, one of the guys said there was a three C's of comedy. Let's see if I can remember what they are. The three C's of comedy are clarity, concession, and something else. Boy, I have to do some more studying. Man, thanks again for listening, guys. I'm over here wandering around the canyon in the Laguna Wilderness Coast Park, getting a little sun. Man, I've been in California two years now. It's so odd to have a suntan year-round. It's crazy. Still remember those Illinois winters. I never really got pure white, but my God, I sure got dry. I sure lightened up a little bit. Now I got that tan to where when I went back to Illinois in May, they probably thought, well, fuck, man, is that cat homeless now? Hope that made some sense. Can you guys hear me walking? I hope that's a, if you can, I hope that's a pleasurable sound and not an annoying sound. Guys, some guys will tell you, come see them at the comedy store, come see them at the ice house, come see them in many, many clubs. What I'm going to offer you guys, this is my big offer of the day, and it's free. Guys, come see me in Burbank Friday at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. at the fourth wall on Burbank Boulevard. I'll be, I'll be performing stand-up comedy in the parking lot in a FEMA camp. Region 9, baby, California. It's beautiful. It never rains here, and I heard it's way nicer than the FEMA Camp Region 5 in Illinois, where I'm from. That's just what I hear. That's the word on the streets. So yeah, guys, if you want to come see me do the improv mic at 6, and then do a regular set at 7, come on down. There's plenty of room. You'll be standing in a parking lot, which reminds me of those old Brody Stevens shows. When I used to watch in Illinois, I'd get on Periscope, and I'd see Brody doing a parking lot show. Man, just think of all the parking lot shows Brody could have done during all this pandemic time. Man, it would have been a blast. We'd all be watching every night on Periscope, wouldn't we? We'd be watching him do his magic. I told you guys before, I met the magic man twice, right? I think I did, I probably did. Yeah, I met the magic man twice. And the first time I was so nervous, and he already told me I was a friend because through that medium of Twitter, we had enough interactions to where he already considered me a friend. Now I considered him a friend and I also was a big fan because Brody was my George Carlin. So that was fan, me as a fan to him. I didn't know he really felt that way and considered me a friend, you know. I figured he just considered me a fan. Why, why, uh, why wouldn't he, right? But we made a nice connection because that's who Brody Stevens was. I don't think he cared if you were, I don't think he cared if you were, uh, what's his name? Bradley Cooper. I don't think he cared if you were Bradley Cooper or David Ricketts, if you were nice 
to Brody, you were in. That's my impression of Brody Stevens. But yeah, the first time I met him, I walked into the main room after open mics. And Brody was on stage. I saw Eric Oligny first, and I heard a very familiar voice. And it was Brody on stage. And I'm like, man, I timed this perfectly. Brody's closing the main room. And I waited till the show was over. Everyone was leaving. I almost bailed, but one of the door guys nodded at me. That made me feel like, okay, just stay. Just stay. I think some magic's going to happen. Forget, fight that urge. Fight or flight. You're about to meet your hero. You got to stay in the pocket, buddy. So I'm about 25 feet away, and there's a husband and a wife are talking to Brody by the stage. They're telling him how much they love the show. I'm like, well, how do I get any closer? What's my next move? So I always follow my instinct and my intuition, and I just stayed put. Next thing you know, the universe opened up an opportunity. I heard the wife say, I wish someone was here that could take our picture with Brody Stevens. And that's when the magic man looked up and said, David's here. He's a good guy. He'll take the photo. So I walked down there. She handed me the phone and I'm taking these nice horizontal photos. It's very surreal. I'm five feet away snapping pictures of my comedy hero. David, try a couple vertical. All right, trying a couple vertical. Telling them two for coverage. I remember I worked with a filmmaker in Illinois once and he said, let's always do two for coverage, guys. I'm like, all right. So I always say two for coverage, even though I don't know what I'm talking about. But I said two for coverage. I snapped more than two. You guys get what I'm saying. So the husband and the wife shook my hand and thanked me. And they looked at me like, man, aren't you cool? You know Brody Stevens? And I'm thinking, yeah, 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 I guess I do. And I feel pretty cool. And the first words Brody Stevens ever said to me in meat space were, David, I already know you. You're in. Two nods and a fist bump. And right then I thought, are you kidding me? Now I'm walking out of the main room into the back hallway with all the pictures on the wall at the goddamn comedy store, the world-famous comedy store, not knowing what to say to my hero, but he made me feel so comfortable with that eye contact, with the two nods and the fist bump, like, dude, we're already friends. He put me at ease, and next thing you know, he's asking me, how was open mic? Wanting to know how the open mic was. So then I got to ramble to him about comedy. And then he told me to just keep going, just keep getting up. Yeah, it was great. Then I walk out on the patio and I'm going home. I've decided to go home because my night's too good. It's about one in the morning. I don't know what else to do with myself. And I'm like, dude, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I've had too good of a night. I literally, literally, not figuratively, get clotheslined by Jason Tebow. And I've been a big fan of Jason Tebow's since 2011 in Illinois. And I've already met him, and we're already buddies. So I've already had, you know, one of my, one of the guys I look up to, I've already had one that I became friends with. I didn't think when I met Brody he would consider me a friend. I mean, are you kidding me? Now I'm, what, 2-0? 
two people I've looked up to know who David Ricketts is? Are you kidding me? I'm a long way from central Illinois, aren't I, guys? I literally get clotheslined by Jason Tebow. It's uh, Thanksgiving Eve, so it actually is Thanksgiving now. He literally clotheslines me and goes, where are you going, bro? And I said, Teeb, I'm having too good of a night, buddy. I just met my hero, Brody Stevens, and he laughed. He said, that's awesome. He goes, so why are you leaving then? I go, well, dude, I actually feel like my chariot's about to turn back into a pumpkin. I got to go. He said, you're not going anywhere. It's Thanksgiving. You're one of us now. Shout out to Jason Tebow. I'll never forget you looking me in the eyes, buddy. And you said, you're one of us now. And you made me feel like I belong, dude. It meant the world to me. And that's when he introduced me to Matt Edgar. And I thought, I know who Matt Edgar is. He's a super nice guy, too. Cool as can be. And Teeb goes, look at this guy's hair and beard. It's a perfect hair-to-beard ratio. And I had Matt Edgar staring at me, trying to figure out if he agreed. And he said he did. And I think Matt was wearing some weird mustache at the time with some little cool little goatee thing. He had a neat little deal going, too. Kind of made him look like Dracula. But, yeah. They liked my little, they liked my little wizard get-up. And then I finally, I don't know what I did after that. I think I smoked a little pot with Teeb. Maybe drank a little scotch and that was it. So, then the second time I met Brody Stevens, I'll tell you guys that story next time. Because that's fun too. That's fun too. Hope you guys are doing well. Everything's going fine with me. Feel like I got my mojo back. Got on stage last week working again don't have as much free time to go freaking crazy in my head life is good love you guys peace and love peace and love until we meet again